cover. So, wow, it's good to be here. Be good to be in the house of the Lord. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, let's stand if you will. Going to read one verse of verse 7 in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. <clears throat> it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Some of you uh, may say uh, jars of clay, you know. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, and I just pray for myself, Lord, as I, I get into this, Lord, that you will bless again. I ask that you bless and anoint, and I just take my mind and my mouth and speak the words that you want spoken. We want to take the words from your word. And look at them, Lord, and just ask that you will just bring them to life to us here tonight. Again, we just want to, we want to honor you, and we just want to be engulfed in your presence and you working in our lives. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> In this book of 2 Corinthians, uh, and I mentioned this last week, and I don't know who, who was here or who was not here, but uh, Paul was going through a very difficult time. He had just gotten run out of uh, Ephesus with the riot there that occurred because uh, there was many people coming to know Jesus and it was cutting into the uh, silversmiths, uh, their, their little trade with the goddess Diana and that sort of thing. Anyway, he got run out. And he'd been there for two years and was, and was establishing a church and was doing real well. So he's, he's, he's left there he, and he went to Troas. All during this two-year period, he's been dealing with uh, the church at Corinth and uh, Corinth. And... Uh, <laughs> He's been dealing with them with a lot of issues, and he's, he's, he's wrote a few letters, some we have and some we don't. But he was, he was really hit them hard with a, with a tearful letter, and he actually made a visit that was tough. And what was happening was after he had planted the church, I mean, it, was, it had been several years, that some of the, the, peop, the, the, the leadership that had become membership there was... They were well-known hotshot people, probably maybe some well-to-do people. It seems like they were probably some Jewish folks. But they, they kind of had a charisma about them, and they had just taken over, and it kind of became about them. And uh, the, the Corinthians were pretty uh, easy to sway like that and because it was about a person. If you, you know, they, they, they idolized people. If you'll remember in 1 Corinthians about the, saying, I'm of Apollos and I'm of Paul. Yeah, I'm a seed, that sort of thing. And they, they took pride in the man that they was following. So you can see that it was about the man more so than the man, Jesus Christ. See, it was about, it was about men. Paul was uh, addressing this type of issue because they were, they were, the people that were there and causing the struggles and the problems were saying, you know, you know look, we, basically we're, we're, a lot, we're a lot better than Paul. Paul really ain't much. He can, he can write a mean, nasty letter, but in, in right up close, there ain't a whole lot to him. And they were just kind of trying to knock Paul completely out of the picture here. Paul's the one that had established the church because, because God had anointed him to do that. That's what he was doing. And he loved these people and he cared about these people. And he cared about the truth of the gospel being preached and that, that they not be drug into other things and 
and just destroy a church. I mean, that, that was his heart. He knew where his heart was. But the people that he loved had been told that he, you can't trust him. As a matter of fact, they, they were told, you know, he said he'd come back through here and he didn't show up. He ain't been here. He's a wishy-washy fellow. You just, you don't, need to, you don't need to even pay him any attention. This is what Paul had been trying to combat. And he, he had sent up the final letter that he'd sent by Titus before he left Ephesus to, to find out and put a, draw a line in the sand. Hey, make your mind up. Who's it going to be, them or me? You know, because I'm bringing the gospel and I'm bringing the heat if I come. And so he was in Troas, and, and he, it, we, we, we talked about the fact that he, he had an opportunity to preach, and he said, I, my spirit was in such turmoil, I couldn't even preach there, and I went right on to Macedonia looking for Titus to find out what was going on here in Corinth. So, so once he got to Corinth, and I mean, he got the letter, he found Titus, and he found out that they had shifted, and they had moved, and they were wanting to reconcile with Paul, and he was just overjoyed. And so then he wrote this letter. And, he, and, he, and even and you, you find in it the, the, uh, like the reconciliation, the relationship thing that meant so much to him about them. He thought he had lost them and his great love for them. But through it all, he was addressing things that were there and, and, and saying, man, look, I, you know, look at me who I am. And, he try, he's try, and that's where he talks about when he was boasting about himself and he would say, I'm a fool and things like that. He, that was not his nature to talk about who he was, but he was trying to say, that's what they're doing. But, you know, I know who I am, and you need to see who I am, and I'm the real deal. I'm the real deal. And, I'm, and, that, and he's saying, I'm not, I'm not bragging about me. It's just the fact that I know my heart, and I know the one that I'm serving. It's the real deal. And that, that's what he's doing here in this, this letter. So, he, and he, so he's, he's, he's hitting on a lot of things. And what I want to do, and this thing's loaded down with stuff. It's a, some of, boy, some of the best scriptures are, are right here in this uh, in this book, but I, I want to go back now and bring us bring us up to this, and maybe get some more after the verse that I just read. And I want to go all the way back to verse three. I mean, chapter three, verse one. Chapter three, verse one. We're going to work our way right down through there. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it fast. I've got uh, I got 43 minutes. We're going to push fast. Chapter three. If you dare say Amen. Okay, so here here we go. With it says. Do, and here's Paul. Do we begin again to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Now, what he's saying here is, I mean, it, it, it's almost like he had, they had gotten to the point they didn't know one another. You know, the, do, Have I really got to be somebody send a record, a, a letter of Commendation for me, that's what you know who I am. Just look at me, and I know who you are. We know each other. We don't need that kind of stuff. Even though it's they had gotten to the place where it was almost like they were strangers, if you if you if you get if you get my drift there. But he's saying, I know you and and, and you know me and, and 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 as Christians, and he said here that you are an epistle written in our hearts known and read by all men. As a matter of fact, when the letter, you are our letter of recommendation. For me, you're it. People look at the church, the people here in, in Corinth, they're looking at the believers. There. You're, you're, the, you're my letter that says who I am. I brought the gospel. I preached the gospel. I established the church here. You know, had I not have come around, you may not have even have been here. And he said, that's, and, and he says that, you're known and read by all men. Now keep that in mind. Just think about that for our own selves. How many of y'all think people read you? 
They read you. Everybody. Says what? Known and read by all men. I, everybody there, they, 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 see, they, they can see you. You're, you're my letter. But then he goes on to say, clearly you are an epistle or, or a letter of Christ. Basically it's Christ. I'll I, I establish this, but in, at the bottom of this here, it's Christ. You are a letter from Christ, written of Christ, ministered by us, okay? I, I brought the gospel to you, ministered by us, but written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tables, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. So Paul, he's, he's telling these people, listen, you are... You're my epistle. As a matter of fact, you really, you're uh, the, the, the letter from Christ, and people are looking at you. They're reading you, you know, and, 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 and it says, and it's in your heart. And I love this here when he talks about it's, it's, it's written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh. That is in the heart. It's a heart thing. Christianity is a heart thing. Do you know the Lord? Has he written in your heart? And I, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to move fast through this because I want to. I want to get. I want to cover a lot of ground. But see now, he's moved this. He's shifting now, and he's talking about writing on stone, and he's talking about flesh. Now, where, where, where does it? How, how does it? Where, where's this going? So let's look and see. Verse four, and we have such trust through Christ towards God, and we we have this trust. This trust that we have in God, and all, it's through Christ. If you'll always always notice Paul, always pay attention to him. He's always talking about Christ. He's always talking about him. It's not about Paul. Listen, folks, the treasure is in the earthen vessel. But the treasure is not the earthen vessel. Does that make sense? The treasure's not me or you. Paul's saying the treasure's not me. The treasure is Christ. That's the treasure. That's the gospel. That's what, you're, that's what Christians are to be about. That's what people, when they read you, that's what, the, when they see that there that's written by the Spirit of God in your heart, it needs to shout out, Jesus Christ. Is anybody with me? Y'all are quiet as church mouses here. That is the truth, folks. That is the truth. And Paul, he, he says that it's through Christ to God. But now listen to him. Not that we, not that we see, not that we are sufficient. And the word sufficient is able or worthy. It's, it's the same, hey, it's the same word John the Baptist used when he said, I'm not sufficient to latch his shoes. Y'all don't care who, you know, John, they thought John the Baptist was something else. Okay, that, he, what is John the Baptist? He's an earthen vessel. John the Baptist was just an earthen vessel, but he had a treasure within that earthen vessel. The treasure wasn't that earthen vessel. He says, that Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world that's coming, I'm telling you, there's ones coming that will baptize you better than what I'm baptizing you. And he says, I'm not worthy. I'm not sufficient. And that's what Paul said. We're not so, and, and not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. If I can do anything, or if I do anything, I'm going to tell you it's from the hand of God. It's because of the 
the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's because of the spirit that has written in my heart and dwells within me. That gives me the ability, the sufficiency to do what I need to do. But it's not of me, it's from Jesus Christ. Always, always you preach. I mean, that's what Paul did. Hey, folks, it's an example. If Eddie Griffiths could get a hold of that to realize it's not about this earthen vessel here, as handsome as it is. It's not about this earthen vessel. It is about Jesus Christ and what can you do to glorify his name and lift him up so that lost people can see the treasure that can save their lost soul. Sometimes I could almost say too much. <sighs> but our sufficiency is from God who also, in verse 6, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. That letter written by Christ was written, written not with ink, Right? But by the Spirit, that's a difference maker. And if you hadn't had that, if you don't have that, all you're doing is attending church. Mm, mm, mm. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, see, now you, can you see how he come off of what he was just talking about being written in tablets of stone? It's a whole new ball game, isn't it, folks? See, the tablets of stone was the Old Testament. That's, as a matter of fact, he said, that kills. That's, that's tough language. The Old Testament kills. And that's a fact. Did you know the Ten Commandments was never intended to, to, to bring up, to, to, to impart life? They imparted death because it revealed a holy God and his character. And there was glory in it. Trust me, there was glory in it. But it was a fading glory because there was a better glory coming. Y'all, are you with me? That was, hey, listen, as a matter of fact, think about it. If you held a, if you held a rock in your hand that had been engraved with something, with the word, did you understand that, that that rock you holding in your hand can't change your life? You need something to happen on the inside. That's on the outside. You can know it all you want to know it. You can hold it in your hand. But if it's just written, if it's just words on paper and something put in a stone, it better get in the heart, not by ink, but by the Spirit of God. That's, that, that's life changing. That's what changes life. That's what makes a, that's what leads a person to say, I'm a Christian. I'm born again child of God because what, what has been done in my heart? And I know it. And I know it has. Let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. So it says that the letter kills, but the spirit is life. And, 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 and I've, got, I've got stuff here that I've, I don't know if I, can, if I can hit it. Probably be just a better just to keep, keep rolling. Now let's go to verse 7. So we're talking about the letter, the law, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, the New Covenant. But listen to this closely. But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, and it was, 
Amen? Do y'all, I mean, you, you read about the glory of God in the Old Testament. The glory of God hovered over the children of Israel in the wilderness. The glory of God filled the temple to where the, the priest couldn't even stand up to minister. The glory of God, it, there was glory in it. I mean, as a matter of fact, like I said, it reveals the character of God. And that, that in itself is a glorious thing. Okay. But just stay with me. It was written in great on stones. It was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was what? What? It was what? It was passing away. That glory was fading. Do you remember the story? You can find it. Listen, you, your homework tonight is chapter 34 in Exodus. You can go there and read it. You will see, you will see where Moses came down when he came down from being with, with in, in the presence of God that his face shone. So now listen, you'll read in there where it said something about that when they saw it, they kind of feared the glory of God. I tell you what, the, the glory of God can, can put fear in your heart. That's a fact. That's a fact. And I have always felt this and thought this, and, and, and I, maybe some have you. And, 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 I, and then I got, and as I, read, I, thought, I thought that Moses put the veil on because the people were scared of the glory. That's what I thought. But that's not, and we're going to see here, that, Paul, that ain't what Paul says either. But the thing about it is, as the glory shone on his face, he came to see the people. They were a little bit afraid of it, you know. But it says that he called them all to him and he talked to them. Now, it didn't say he put a veil on his face. It said he talked to them and, that, and his face was still, it, the glory was in his face. It says when he finished talking, he put the veil on. When he finished talking, he put the veil on. Now, why did he do that? Moses knew that it was a fading glory. He didn't want to see, he didn't he, he didn't want the people to see it fading. Okay. But he put that he would put that back on. It was fading. But what happened? It you go read it. When he went back, when he would go back to see the Lord, when he turned to the when he turned to go to see God again, you know what he did? Took the veil off. When he went into the presence of God, the veil was taken off. He moved it. And his face would shine. But it was only temporary. It was fading. Hey, folks, the Old Testament, Jewish people ain't got a hold of it. The Old Testament was temporary. It was fading. It is, it's, it's gone now. That's what this is about with Paul. If you will remember here in, in 2 Corinthians, stay with me. now listen, you will remember over there whenever Paul addressed it, it said, are they Hebrews? I am so also. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they of Abraham? So am I. So what, I'm, what I'm, you're pretty sure is happening here is the people that's causing the trouble is the people that's trying to drag them back into this Old Testament law, this letter that ain't nothing but death. And Paul says, what I'm preaching to you bring life. So the veil, and like you say, I don't know how many of y'all know about, about that, but the, the veil there in the Old Testament was something that Paul alludes to here. It says, and it, it, it's, um, they didn't look at it, but it says, how will, if, let me read it. But if the ministry of death written in, in, in gravestones was glorious so that children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Did you hear that? The ministry of the spirits. What the, the ministry of the spirits is the gospel of grace through Jesus Christ. That's the ministry that he's talking about. How that? How how could that not? If 
if something that, that is bringing death is glorious, how much more glorious is something that's bringing life? Can we say amen? Let's say amen about this thing. You, I, you make me wonder if you got it. Because I'm telling you, that's a glorious thing. That's the, that's the gospel. I have life. I have something that's unending, that's not fading. And it ain't about me, and it ain't because of me. It's because of Jesus Christ. And I, if I'm telling you, folks, you can, and, and, and you, and you, as you study through this, this book right here, you just get the feel that, that the apostle Paul ain't never got over what happened to him on the road to Damascus. He never got over that. I know who I was. I know what I was doing. I know what I was trying to do, and I know what I was trying to hurt. And I, the very one that I was trying to hurt has come and saved me and called me into ministry. And I ain't got over that. How in the world, why would he do such a thing? Well, ask yourself, why would he save a wretch like me? Well, Eddie, I ain't that bad. Yes, you are. And I am too. Thank God for Jesus Christ who has come and brought the glorious, unfading gospel that's going to be forever. Let me keep moving quickly. It's a little bit dim up here. If I could just get just a bump on that light. I know it ain't my eyes. It <clears throat> said, so how would the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Than that? Listen. For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. The ministry of condemnation, well, that's what it was. Did you remember that Jesus, I mean, in John, it said uh, that he didn't come to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. Hey, the Old Testament brought the condemnation. It's there. Then nobody could live up to the law that it brought. Not to this holy God. So he said, the ministry of condemnation, it had glory. The righteous ministry excels in much glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that, ex that excels. In other words, the Old Testament had glory? Yes, it did. But when you compare it to the glory of the New Testament, it's like taking a candle out of a dark room and putting it out in the sunlight. There it is. You see that? There's glory. There was light. There's glory from that. There, you could see that candle in that dark room. Yeah, that's a glorious thing. But when you bring, com, compared to outside in the sun, it's not. That's just what the Old Testament that brought condemnation, there was glory there. But compared to the glory that came through the gospel of Jesus Christ and the New Testament, it, it ain't even close. It ain't even close. For, for if what is passing away if it was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. If what, was, if what was going to leave and depart was glorious, how about what's there forevermore? Therefore, since we have, to, he says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. What's he talking about? We, since we have great hope in this, in my gospel, he said, I, man, I got all the hope in the world. Hey, I got a hope in something that ain't ending. I got a hope in something that ain't fading away. Therefore, since we have the hope, we use great boldness of speech, unlike Moses, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at what? Could look steadfastly at the end of what was passing away. That's what it said. So that they, they wouldn't see it fading away. Now, it's very strange. 
And you think, I mean, now, to, to me right here, folks, I, I believe is a mystery, a mystery of God with that. Because how many of y'all know that the Jewish nation of Israel and the Jewish people never have taken, they never, they, they, they rejected the Messiah and, and they, they're still, when they read the Old Testament, they still don't see Christ. Okay, there's a veil. Now listen to it. Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so the children of Israel could not look steadfastly at the end of what was, it was passing away. But listen, but their minds were blinded for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil, listen, because the veil is taken away where? In Christ. <laughs> Had a bit, they can't see it. They're blinded. In, 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 Romans, in Romans 11, I think it tells it that, they, that, that that's, that's part of God's plan. They're blinded. They didn't accept it so that I, we had the opportunity to. I don't know how all that works, but that's God. That's God. And he says, <clears throat> because the veil is taken away in Christ. But, but listen now. But even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies in their heart. They get, they read, but they don't, they don't see it. But listen, what did he say? The veil, he said that the veil's taken away in Christ. And then look at verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, what happens? Ha <laughs> ha, the veil's taken away. There ain't no veil then. Well, hey, what, what did I tell you Moses did when he turned to, to the Lord? When he turned to go back to see God, what, was, what happened? Veil's taken away. Boy, isn't it amazing how the Bible... What's in the Word of God? It's His Word from beginning to end. And it's amazing. It's amazing, amazing. The veil. <clears throat> said, nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Paul was proof of it. There's a Jewish Pharisee. When he turned to the Lord, the veil was taken away. When he turned to the Lord, taken away. That's the reason man put, put the gospel. That's what he's doing. Put the gospel out of the grace of God. You, you, they got to have, hey, they've got to have it. They got to hear it. They got to see it. The gospel is Jesus Christ because that is where they will turn. If they turn, if they turn to him, that veil is taken away. And not only, not only for them, folks, listen, not only for the Jewish people, for anybody. We'll go on here and see that it says that, that, that for everybody that, 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 that doesn't believe that it's the God of this world has blinded their minds. They blinded their minds. They, 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 they need the veil removed. They need, they need to hear the gospel. You know, you, you have to hear the gospel. You have to hear what it is you need to turn to. And just hope and pray that the Spirit of God will touch a heart and move them to turn because if they ever turn with the right heart and they turn towards Jesus, boys, the veil's gone. They see what they could not see. Y'all still with me? Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I'm telling you right now, when the veil's taken away, there's liberty. Not a liberty, not a license to do whatever you want to, but there's a liberty from sin, from fear, all the dread. All, you, there's freedom. You are free. You're no longer in bondage. And when this happens, you're a free man. You're free, my goodness, free forevermore. And you've been freed by something that ain't going to change or fade away. Amen? Now listen, <clears throat> but we all, but we all with unveiled face, 
I'm not like Moses. I ain't taking it off. I want, I want people to see the glory of God. I want them to see it. I want it to shine through me. It said that for we all with an unveiled face, we are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord <clears throat> and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hey, when, when Moses went and turned and went to the Lord and spent time looking in the face of the Lord, what happened to him? Something happened to him, didn't it? Face went shining. Christian, brother, believer, sister, you spend time in this word and looking at the Lord and looking at him the way you need to, it will change your life. Your, your life will shine. Your life, it, it just will. You, it, 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 there's, no way, there's no way around it. That, is, that will happen. As we look at him, the more you look at him, the more you're there and seeing him, the more that, he, that you, you realize who he is and that glory, that glory that's not fading away, it changes and it changes us. That's what Paul said. It changes us. It changes us from glory to glory. Let's, let me move into chapter 4. Okay, in, in verse 4 it says, Therefore, we're talking about what he just come off of. Therefore, since we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. In other words, we don't give up. We don't quit. Now, I'm telling you, the Christian life, the Christian life is not an easy life. Not here. Paul, and the, Apostle Paul lets us know it's, it's not. Now, I, I know there's a lot of people that may teach things a lot differently and that, that sort of thing. I'm telling you right now, if you stand up and you preach the truth and you preach what the, the Word says, you're not going to be looked at by the, 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 the world in general in a very good light. Paul wasn't here. The people in around Korea, it didn't. Because the world was coming in and affecting that church and was affecting the way they saw him. And he has struggled. And, and, and through here, he shares a lot of the stuff that's happened to him. And Paul, there's a lot of stuff happened to Paul. But he says, I ain't giving up. Hey, listen to me closely. This treasure, this treasure that's in this earthen vessel is worth keeping on for. It's, it's worth keeping on saying, I don't care. You beat me down if you want to, he's still, he's still the king. Christ is the answer. The gospel is Jesus Christ. I believe that them people that kneel down on that beach over there in Iraq or wherever they were and having their heads cut off because they're Christians, the treasure that was inside that earthen vessel, ain't no give up in them, ain't no back up in them. I'm a Christian, what can I do? That's who I am. That's who I am. And that treasure, that treasure, that treasure is worth dying for. I tell you what, that treasure is worth living for too. Said that we do not, we do not lose, lose heart, but we have, now listen, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. Keep in mind, he's, he's hammering at somebody over there that is. 
that's in Corinth that's doing that very thing. Look, as, you, as a matter of fact, look at the last verse of chapter 2, verse 17. It says, for we are not as many. Are y'all there? Chapter 2, verse 17. I don't have this there, but, but it says, for we are not as many peddling the word of God. That word peddling is a word that, that also means retail. We're not out there selling the word and making. In other words, we're not trying to make money off of it. But you know what? That's what Paul was accused of. He was accused of trying to, to do that. He said, I stand on my own two feet. I know who I am, and y'all know who I am, and I know who's behind me, and I'm preaching the gospel, and I'm doing it for the right reason, and I know it. I don't care what's happening. It, it ain't so much about them throwing off on me, but when they're throwing off on me and running me down, it's going to cost you, and it's hurting you, and my love for you will make me stand up. Does that make sense? It's not, Paul ain't just, he ain't trying to, to defend himself. He's trying to save a church and people that he loves from things that can happen. As a matter of fact, this, this book right here has been called the, the, the Church Ministry Handbook for how to run a church. Not only for the leadership, but the, for the people that's in it and how to get along. It's very, very good. Very, very good. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness or handling the word of God deceitful, but in manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What he's saying? I, I'm not trying to. I, I, all I'm saying is what I did, I did right out there. I, I'm, for the truth, and everybody could see it. You can make your own mind up, your own conscience. Look at me. What do you? As a matter of fact, you will find in here. He said, as a matter of fact, I hooked up with. Uh, uh, Aquila and Priscilla and we worked we worked building tents I never charged you a dime amen that's what he said now that's not to say that a minister shouldn't be uh, compensated for the work that he does but what Paul said is I know and you are and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing and I knew you didn't need to be paying me but I knew I need to they, that church need to be established and I went I had my own job I, I made my own way my own living I did for your sake. As a matter of fact, he said, actually, I, was, I got stuff from other people to help me because I didn't want to take from you. He said, see, Paul knows his heart. Folks, I'm telling you, boy, that, that heart deal. If you know your heart's right, just go ahead and stand up and preach the word. Believe it. Be it. People may say any, all kinds of things about you. Just because you know, I mean, how many times have so many people said, well, you know, I know I, I did this and this and I've done for the Lord and all this and all of this stuff's coming. Oh, so what? As far as I can tell, every, every, God, every man in the Word of God that did that, I mean, he had struggles and things coming against him. And Paul was loaded down with them. He said, well, they, they're lying against Well, you reckon that ever happened to anybody else? I don't know, but I think they lied against Jesus himself. And got him killed. It took a lie. Woo. <clears throat> so I did it in front in, in, to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even now, it says, but even, but even if our gospel is veiled, it's veiled to those who are perishing. He said, I ain't trying to hide nothing. I ain't trying to hide this glory. I want, I want them to see it. We're preaching the gospel, the straight out gospel. This is, this is one that is not fading. And, and, I ain't, and I'm not playing with it. I'm not peddling it. I'm not trying to make it. I'm not trying to water it down and to where people outside will accept me. Paul said, I, I don't care what they're doing to make you accept them and think that they're somebody and you want to follow them and not me. I don't care. I'm not doing that kind of stuff. I'm staying right where I need to be and I'm going to preach the gospel. Now, if you like it, this is what you got to do. Now, get right. And that's what he did in that letter. And he was joyed when he, whenever they got right. 
know the power of God. It can move. It can move on us. So it says, if it's failed, it's failed to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the glory, the light of the glorious, the gospel of, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For if, for we do not preach ourselves, skin, you see it. It's not. I'm, this is not about me. I'm not trying to build me up. I know those people are, but I'm not. We do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your bondservants, for Jesus' sake. Bow! Man, right there now. If you want you a good, you want you a good Christian leader in your church, there he is. It ain't about me, and I'm going to do whatever I can for you because I'm going to be a slave to the master, and, and that's I lay my life down. That's a... Paul says, Paul's saying, I'm a whole lot different fellow than them people that's trying to mess y'all up. That's worldly and ungodliness. That's, that's all that is. This is the truth. This is the truth. And he's saying, this was heavy on Paul's heart. Paul's pouring his heart out right here. You want to see how Paul feels and get a feel for him and how he loved people and how he was affected and how he was hurt and these things. You read this here, this Second, Second Corinthians. Let's read on. It says, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bondservants or slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. That goes all the way back to Genesis 1. Let there be light. I'm talking about that God. That who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Hey, not the temporary glory that was in the face of Moses. Ah, amen. Not that glory. We're talking about a glory in the face of Christ that is forevermore, that is not fading. That's what it is, what Paul's putting out. Let's keep reading. I've got 12 more minutes. But we have, but we have this treasure. That treasure. What's the treasure? That glory that is you will find in the face of Jesus Christ, who he is. The best thing, the best thing we have to give anyone is this gospel, this glory of Jesus Christ. That's, that, 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 that's, a, that's a treasure. But we have the treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not in us. It's not about us. It's about the treasure. Now, kids, keep reading. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. He's saying, man, I'm, I, get, my, this, I, get beat, I get beat all the time. I'm, it's, it's, it's like a death here. I mean, that, that I go through just living this life for, for Jesus Christ. He said, but I, it's... And, and, and we, we think about this, this treasure in the earth in a clay pot. Did you know that a clay pot's really, really pretty, pretty easy to bust? I mean, it, it ain't much to it. But he said, even though I, this, I, I ain't much or, and, and all this stuff comes against me, somehow or another, God brings me through. He takes care of this, this, this earthen vessel. And I, he's brought me through all kinds of stuff. 
all kinds of stuff. And I'm laying my life down for, for, the, for the Lord. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal body. That people can see the life of Jesus in us. What, what's the life of Jesus? Well, what was the life of Jesus? <laughs> he laid his life down, would you think? And, and, and his life was what? His life was, his life was all about somebody else's life. Huh? Mine, thank the Lord. Yeah, that, that, that's the dying of Jesus so that people can see the life of Jesus. They can see that. That's part of that glorious gospel that, that, and, and that letter that people see us. That we, that's the reason that we, we need to know these things and see these things and act that way. There's nothing. There's, to me, there's nothing so hurtful and detrimental than to see professing Christians just act stupid. And just going to have their rights. Did you know Paul's already addressed that with these folks in 1 Corinthians? Because they'd take one another out of the church down to the courthouse and sue somebody. Hmm. Don't you hate to see Christian people acting ugly? As a matter of fact, over in... Chapter 2 down there, we talk, it talks about a fragrance that through us diffuses a fragrance. Sometimes that's a stinking fragrance. And that ain't the way it's supposed to be. That ain't the way it's supposed to be. Mm -mm. We have a glorious treasure in these bodies, and it's Jesus Christ. Lay it down for him, for others. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Paul's saying, man, I, this thing's working me over. And the only reason I'm doing this is it's, it's because, for one, that God has called me to it. And the next thing is that I care about you. Why can't I just write you off and say, well, just have at it and go on. But I can't. I don't have rest in my spirit because I care about you and I love you. And it's about you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord, Jesus, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. Listen, now here's a, here is an unselfish, an unselfish man. For all things are for your sake, that the grace having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. I, that's, that's what I'm doing. That in, in, in any of this, that my hope and prayer is that the grace that is, is seen in y'all and is spread in that area will be more and more people right there in that city of Corinth that is praising God for his wonderful grace through Jesus Christ. But look at this here. Let's end, we'll end with this. Tony, you can ease up. <clears throat> Therefore, we do not lose heart. Did you know he just said that just a few minutes ago? In, in verse 1, we don't lose heart. That's the reason he said, I ain't giving up. I don't, it, I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing right on. Don't care if y'all don't like me, whatever, or whatever I put up with. I'm pushing on. I'm not giving up. Even though, even though our outward man is perishing, 
yet the inward man is being renewed, renewed day by day. Did you remember when it talked about when we look at the, we look into the mirror of the glory of the Lord, that we're being transformed? It should be day by day, day by day. We're being renewed day by day. The inside man's being renewed day by day. Now listen to this. For our light affliction. <clears throat> if we had time, I'd flip over there and show you some, read to you some of the afflictions he went through. In my book, <laughs> they ain't light. But in his book, they are. How come? For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. A glory that's not fading away. While we, now listen, while we do not look at the things which are seen, What's the things that are seen? Well, I've been shipwrecked. I've been beat three times. I've been left for dead. All of those things. Had all these struggles. But at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen It ain't fading away, folks. If you got it, you got it. It ain't going nowhere. It ain't fading. That's the glory of the gospel. That's the treasure that we have. That was the life-changing treasure that, that the Apostle Paul, that drove him. It says, I will not give up. I will not lose heart. I will not faint. I just keep pushing forward. wild. Think about it. How many here? Are you glad that you know that, I, that you have that treasure? I have that treasure. And uh, you know it might look like a, a $10,000 diamond ring in a paper sack. You wouldn't, know, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't just take a $10,000 wedding ring I don't think you ladies would do it and just put it in an old wadded up sack and throw it on the counter you would it's too precious just putting something like that but God did he put it in this earthen vessel and it is precious it is precious and I'm so thankful that he did Let's stand tonight, if you will.